back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Bergio, and I'm super excited. I have a beautiful guest today who is doing super big things. Her name is Shauna Enright. She is a salon owner and curator of many things. I'm going to let her intro herself a little bit, but Shauna and I have been following each other for a while now on social media, and we've been having side conversation, and I was like, we got to get on a podcast. we got to start chatting about what we've been up to because, you know, when you vibe with people who are doing big things, you kind of just want to stay in that energy. So thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. She was like, I just finished the client. So I'm like ready to go. I'm like, I love it. She's like multitasking like we all do. I love it. Um, so you're in your salon in Wisconsin right now, right? Yeah. I'm in Wisconsin right now. I also fly back and forth to Phoenix, Arizona and rent a chair there as well. So currently here, I leave next week to head back to the Valley. Nice. Okay. So explain that. So I like to just dive in. I love people like to, where are you from? How old are you? All the things like, I want to get to the good stuff right away. So you opened a salon where you're at right now, and then you are transitioning into renting a chair in Arizona. So walk us through like where and why. So you opened your salon, how long ago? Um, it'll actually be a year in November, November 1st, actually. Um, I renovated the space, um, I think I, I signed my lease in August of yeah last year, totally redid everything, put three chairs in. And I just kind of knew it was one of those stepping blocks. Like it wasn't, uh, this is like my forever home kind of thing. So I, I knew that going into it. I just didn't know what was next for me. I kind of went through this huge like transition of life. I'm like, you know, everything came crashing down <laughs> on me. So I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? Um, but it's so weird with timing. Like even with the pandemic, I had to close down doors and that was devastating just like anywhere else. But, um, all through the pandemic, I really got to like thinking about what I want and what my goals are and like, what's my why behind like my business and my brand. And it just like attracted, I found two great, um, chair renters that are in here with me. So when I bounce back and forth, like they just like hold up the doors for me. Um, but they're like everything that I wanted from like my brand, I have an extension bar here. So I, we still do colors, cuts, all the things and they rent chairs. So they're their own business as well. Um, but yeah, we just, they, they do extensions. They follow the same type of like guideline and like their wise pretty similar to mine as well. Um, but then when we were at home with the pandemic, I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? With myself, and I started networking with a lot of people that all over the world, just on Zoom calls nonstop. And it led me to literally fly to Arizona, and I just opened up and rented another location there, which is crazy. That's amazing. I love that. It's like, oh, talk about just taking messy action. Like you're like, I don't even know, but I'm open to it. And by putting yourself out there, which even with me, like I'm not quite sure how we connected, but like. Same, I think we knew people in Arizona because I had gone to Arizona. For okay. Lindsay Schwartz. We'll have to thank her for that. Um, and did you have any clientele in Arizona or what was the plan when you got there? No, <laughs> sounds so crazy. Um, no, I didn't have any clientele. I just started networking. Um, I went down there last September where I was at the SKW convention for extensions and I connected with a ton of people. But the funniest thing is I've been trying to get to Arizona to work since I was 22. I applied at Habit Salon probably 14 times to the point where they were like, Shauna, like, 
we got to your application. I'm just like, okay, it's just not time. Like, it's just not for me. So like this always was something I said I was going to do. I just didn't know that I could actually do it. Like I'm from a small town. Like I, I mean, I'm in West Bend, Wisconsin. So it's a little bit North of Milwaukee, very like conservative, like people stay here, they don't really leave. So for me doing that, I was just, I never thought that like my dreams could take me to like doing both Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't something that anyone here was doing. So people literally might think I'm a little like, why, what are you doing? Like they just can't imagine that, but I'm just like, you know what, what's the worst that happens? Like if I fail, I fail. So when I went out there, I just started connecting with a ton of people, met a bunch of new friends, just like went out to dinner with these people. I didn't know like sitting there just chatting. And then they're just like, you have to come out here. So I started to grow like a network that way, just with meeting people, social media is huge. Um, like adding like new people, following new people, new places. And it all just like kind of shifted to fall right together. That's amazing. I mean, talk about putting yourself out there. And I think with, with social media, it's now so more so so much more socially acceptable to just message random people and get in their DMS and start asking questions and like staying around people who are doing stuff like that. So how, how long have you been in the industry for? How long, how long ago did you go to beauty school? I think it's been eight years. Okay. So how, Um, how old am I? (laughs) I just turned 27. (laughs) Okay. So at 27, you've been in the industry for eight years. You're licensed to do the SKW extensions. You're an educator. You've already been 2019's artist of the year for that. You own a three-chair salon that has two booth renters in it that pretty much operates itself and probably could carry its own business if you were not there. So you have an income producing business. Yep. You also are bi-coastal. So well, coastal meaning yeah, Arizona's is coastal, you know, and you're doing big things. So this is so, this is like, you are the exact story of like people I talk about as to what's possible if you just dream a little bit bigger. And if you start asking better questions and get yourself around other people. So, um, I love that. I love all of what you're doing. And I think it's pretty inspiring. And when I watch you and I follow you on social media, like I get a sense that this is like a true passion in this career, just being in the beauty industry for you. So I think that also attracts that type of clientele and people just want to be around that energy. Right. Yeah. I, it sounds so weird when you like tell me stuff like that, because when just, I you back all the things you've person, so I'm like, like listening to that, I'm like, Holy shit. Like, yeah, I did that. I did that. But for me, I think like the biggest thing that's so hard right now is comparison, right? Like you're always watching people like evolve to the next thing, the next thing. But I guess for me, like everything stands behind like my, like, I I keep referring back to like this why, but it's the only thing that's like, keeps me going, especially in this type of industry, I think is it's so hard. Like it's so easy to fail because you have to put so much work into it. But when you're passionate about it, things just like kind of attract to you, but you have to put in the work. Like I work so many hours, like I'm always working, always like attending to clients and doing all the things. And yeah, like now I do have a personal life where I travel a lot and get to do that 
stuff, but it, it, it wasn't always something that came to me. Like I was the one that jeopardized my personal life for many years to get to like this point. And I never really had that like college, you know, lifestyle. Like I went to school when I was Oh God, 18. And I worked at four 30 in the morning and I didn't get home from hair school and work until eight 30 at night. But like I had to pay my own bills in my own way because I knew that no one was going to do it for me. So I just, I like, for me, I just want to set like that example to people that feel like they can't do certain things in hair school. One of my instructors said, like when I was leaving, she's like, never say no to an opportunity. Never. And I took that and I rolled with it. Like maybe now I would say no, just because I don't have to say yes to everything. But like at first it was, it was even doing hair and makeup for like a funeral, you know, with a client that passed away. And that was like, Oh God, this isn't my thing, but I did it. And it gave me so much like passion and power towards like doing all the things because every single opportunity that I've taken, I might've like failed at it or not been very great, but at least it led me to somewhere else. That's, oh my gosh. I feel like you're repeating back my start in my career as well. Um, and that's one of those things that when I look back on what I wanted to teach on and coach on, it was like, those are kind of hard things to explain. Like if you're already at a certain point in your career, it's one, it's, you know, you, you can, I try to establish boundaries and I try to help people really only take the clientele that they want, but it's like going to school. You have to learn the fundamentals. You have to put the work in before you can start to change it up, right? Like you have to learn how to do the haircut before you can add the, all the fun stuff. And that's kind of like with business. And I took all of the new stuff too, that nobody else wanted to do. And that's how I built. And so it's all, it's always good to hear of someone else like grinding it out in the beginning, because I think everybody wants things to be easy. Now they think they can flip into a new career, come into the industry, and then they'll just have some clients. And it's like, it's not really how it works. Like you have to put yourself out there and you have to be willing to say yes to things that you, you probably know you don't really want to be doing. Like I got into bridal and that, I knew that really wasn't what I wanted to do, but no one else in my salon would take them. So I ended up being the bridal stylist for several years until finally I'm like, I don't want to work Saturdays anymore and be stuck in a hotel room. But it was only then did I know that if I hadn't gotten into it, I wouldn't know, right? Like some people make a beautiful career off of that. So how did you transition into extensions? Was that something that was something you did right away or? Tapins for a while. Um, I only had maybe one or two clients with it. Um, I, well, I also did fusion for a little bit too, but I didn't love them. Like they stressed me out. Like I was more like, uh, like this is a lot of work more than like a passion. Um, but one of my clients was sitting in my chair and she just had, you know, like the short hair, the blonde with like the long hair in the back. And I was just like, I don't know like how to get your hair like to grow like this just, and I felt so bad because it definitely was a confidence thing. Um, so we started doing tapins on her great. They worked awesome. They were perfect. But as you know, like tapins, you know, technology wise and stuff like lifestyle, all, all of that, it's like a huge thing with extensions. So she, she was like, if you can go do these hand tied extensions, cause they kept popping up on Instagram. It was when we first started coming out and it was only the salons in like Texas and Arizona that was doing them. So I was like, yeah, right. Like the day I do this, (laughs) it will never happen. It will never happen. And then my friend actually texted me and was like, Oh my gosh, 
I signed up for this BMS NBR class. Like you need to come with me. So I put down a thousand dollar non-refundable retainer and just on like the faith of God was like, I'm going to make it. But they, they just like hand select you at the time. So we had to go through an interview process and all this stuff to fly out to California. <laughs> and I got in, I, I started doing it and it was that that's when I like started changing the game. So that was probably about two and a half years ago now. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I the, extension game has taken off like wildfire. I mean, back in the day, we, that's not what we did. You know what I mean? Then that, that just wasn't a thing. And so to see it grow, I mean, I think I had extensions years ago, but they were the little beaded. I don't even know what the concept was. And they took, yeah, three to four hours to put in and three to four hours to take out. And I was like, how is this like, this isn't, there's gotta be a better way. So to watch people evolve and change and create new concepts and ways to do hair like that's just been amazing to watch. And I know there's such high ticket clients that you can bring in. And obviously it's like, you know, the loyalty there, because once you've had extensions done poorly, (laughs) you you'll stick with your person. It's like, it's even worse than having a bad color or haircut. Oh God. I know. I see a lot of it too, which is like, that's what brought me into like education just because I'm like, it's just so sad. Like that, number one, there isn't good education anymore because people just want to do it like a turnover ticket. They think like, oh, I'm going to get certified in extensions and just like roll with it and make all this money. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much, so much that goes into it from like, you know, like coloring hair, matching hair, ordering hair, like changing someone's color entirely there, uh, it's like hairlines and there's so much. I'm just like, and I have ADHD. So I think that's why I can handle it. Like I just, I'm like over-focused and hyperactive so I can like pick apart everything that's going on, but it's, it is a lot of work. That <laughs> is good. a lot. No, definitely. And I think, and that was something for me is I don't like to sit with my clients for that long. That's why originally the original extension, I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I can't be stuck with one client for six hours. Absolutely not. Like the, the thing clients like about me is they're in and out quickly. I'm like, yeah, that's cause I only can take you for a few hours. Like, but, um, when you, when you decided to open your salon, what was, I know what is, you keep talking about your why, what is the why talk to us about that and kind of what it is that you see for yourself. How did you create such a strong foundation to be able to push yourself to open the salon, spend a thousand dollars to get educated like that, and then decide that you're just going to pick up and work part-time in Arizona. I think like the biggest thing for me is that people just say like, Oh, you're just like a hairdresser, but the stories and like the, like the relationships that I get to build, like in my community and like with people around me is something like, you'll never like be sick, like in the hospital, laying on your hospital bed and be like, I didn't serve the people that I needed to. And I, I just think that like being open, like with, with an open heart and like, just being like authentic and having people come in and just being like, Oh yeah. Like I, I don't know, like my clients like know my shit. <laughs> like I know there's like boundaries on that as well, but like that's just how I am. Like what you see is kind of like what you're getting. And I'm not someone that's gonna sit here and be like, oh my God, life's so great today. I am not I'm like doing great. I'm not I don't struggle. I don't like wake up some days and like, you know, wanna not go to work. Like I have that all the time. So I think that especially in today's like day, everyone's just like posting out all the good, which is kind of making people feel 
like crap because like, they're like, why do I feel like this? And no one else feels like this. So that's, it, it built like a foundation for community in like my salon. So if I, like my clients will call me and be like, I need to talk. Like, do you want to go get a drink or do you want to go get coffee? Or I mean, like their kids will bring me like, you know, little paper, like a a picture with like me in the chair and like, they want to like be a hairdresser because they see what you do. So it's more of so like it, like my business. Oh, I'm sorry. My business name is Kalon Salon, which is so funny. Cause I just Googled that when I needed an establishment license. And I was like, okay, I'm just opening. Like I'm doing this. I just went all in. I was 22 when I did that. And, um, now it's like this trademark behind everything that I do, especially with extensions, because it means beauty that's more than skin deep. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. That's it's so powerful. weird that it all traces back because it was never a plan. Like it never planned anything out. I was more impulsive, like, sweet, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's weird that now it all kind of just like forms itself together. It all makes sense. Just like Habit Salon not bringing you on as an artist there and you branching out and doing your own thing now. It's like sometimes, and that's the beautiful thing about if, if, you, if you can kind of have a limited amount of expectation around things to know that if it's a no, that means something better is coming for you or there's a different opportunity waiting for you. But in the midst of it, you probably wanted to work at that salon so bad. That was probably so disappointing to like not get that job there. But now in hindsight, you could be like, thank you for not hiring me because I probably would have never left. For sure. Yeah. Like I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine like working there now because of like just my own brand and you know, who, who I am and like what I stand for. So yeah, it just, it's weird how everything just works out. And that's kind of the, like my like life motto is like everything will fall into place. Like even if you are going through a hard time, there always has to be a reason to evolve. And if you do fail, you're going to only grow from that because you have to like expand like who you are as well. So sometimes like stepping into like the fear of like the unknown, it has honestly been the greatest thing for me in my life, just because I would have never taken the opportunities and like the risks and the anxiety that comes with all the things. If I, if I didn't feel like I was going to change who I was as a person as well. Totally. And would you say that every next step that you've taken kind of required a new level of Shauna to show up in like a different way? Oh my gosh. Like I, I even feel like I hit these points where I'm just like, Oh my God, this is like all aligning. It's so great. And then all of a sudden I'll like have these months where I'm just like, I don't know who I am. I'm struggling. Like, this is so hard. I'm comparing, like I feel anxious. And then I just like really do the work to like dive into like, why am I being triggered by this? Like, how can I fix this? Where's, what is this trying to show me? And you just honestly have to go through the hard times to get to the stronger times. It just is what it is. And that's life. And I feel like anybody who gets stuck on those hard points for too long, I mean, we all have them. And that's why, like, I try to showcase that through social media. Like you said, like showing the hard challenges I've had with, we were talking about this before I hit record on this, like all of the hiccups I've had with putting the podcast out and like even my, one of my 
coaching clients this morning on our call, we were talking about <laughs> the stories her weekend. Her son threw up all over, and then her other her other son pooped in the bathtub all in a matter of like six hours. And she was like, I'm sorry, I didn't do any work for my program. I'm like, it's okay, that's life. Like we, it just happens. Um, but it's it's when you don't let those setbacks or those feelings like take over and change the trajectory of what you want to do. And you having that why, which is such an important thing because it it gets us through when shit is not good or when you start to feel those feelings. So what are some ways, I know social media is such a big part of your business as it is mine. What are some ways that you protect your energy on social media to, to when you feel the comparison kind of take over? Like, what do you do to support yourself? So you don't get in that little downward spiral of shit. Um, Honestly, I, I've done a lot of like personal development growth, like, especially with like embodiment work and things like that, which I know you're kind of into like all that stuff, but I do a lot of like manifesting my life and like stepping out and like, I'm big on like dream boards and like putting myself in a place, pretending like I'm already there. So when people like start to trigger me on social media, I mute them and it's not, it's not their fault. Like I don't, I'm not like talking like crap about them. I'm, I'm just like, I'm some, for some reason, this is like making me really triggered. And it's probably because I'm not where this person is. And now I'm going to compare myself to where they are when I don't even know their journey. So I need to step back and mute that. And there'll be a great resource at like some point in your life. But like, until I get there, I can't compare like this person throwing out new content every five days, launching new things and programs and all this stuff, because then you become overwhelmed because you're like, wow, I can't even like put out, you know, a thing on from Canva because I can't figure it out yet. Like I need to like, just stop for a second and get back in my lane. And then when I am there, I'll be like, okay, cool. Now I can like watch this person. So 90% of the time I've done the work to realize that like my emotions and my feelings are my responsibility and it's not anybody else. It's myself. So it's like how I'm judging myself and I just have to come back to like, (laughs) be like, okay, you need to like, recenter what's going on here and what you actually want this for. Otherwise I'm always working on like 18,000 different projects. And then like with ADHD, I feel like my confidence level goes to zero because I can't get anything done because I'm not focused on me. It's hard. That's true. I get that. And I think I might have a touch of that too, because I feel like I and this is normal. I think whether you have ADHD or you struggle with that focus is tough regardless with all that we're inundated with, especially through social media. I literally just had this conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who was a mentor coach that I'd hired at some point. And I was asking her about these other programs and if I should join this one, or if I should do this one. And and she, she's the best. And this is why I am. There are people in your life that will give you the answers that you want. And then there are people in your life that will just tell you what the fuck is up. And she is one of those people. So that's why like, I wouldn't have asked anybody else this advice. And so I send her a voice message. I tell her about my ideas, this, this, that. And she literally wrote me a message back and she was like, so straightforward. And she's like, honestly, she's like, I don't think you need any of that. I think you need to just focus on what you're doing and keep providing value and content that is resonating with you and people that you want to talk to. And 
it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I totally let what everybody else was doing start to overwhelm me that what I was doing wasn't enough, wasn't, you know, what it's like, I could be doing so much more. They're having six figure launches here and talking about this. And I'm like, but you just started like, get, you know, get your, your feet on the ground and, and keep doing what you're doing. And like we were talking about, I think everybody wants that like instant, you know, either the social media following, or they want to be this renowned educator, or they want to open a salon before they're ready, or hell, they even want to go booth rep before they've put the work in being a commission stylist. So it all goes back. And I think like with you, you and I have bigger dreams and goals of creating a brand that's more than just our behind the chair business. Um, but man, I resonated so hard when you talked about the concept of just being a hairdresser. And that that is kind of my why as well. And I think that's why you and I connect because it's like... And I think social media is helping us in that way to elevate our industry. And COVID kind of really brought to light how important we are because people were freaking out about not being able to get in. So that felt good or that felt good. But what... <laughs> With all that being said, like you have one other thing in the works that I want to make sure everybody gets to hear about on here, because by the time this podcast comes out, they will be available, um, which are your new mink eyelashes that you created. So can you talk us a little bit, talk to us a little bit about how like you go from what you're doing to creating this brand new brand that you're about to launch? Well, it's always kind of like, I'm obsessed with lashes. Like I don't have any on today. Well, just my makeup, you know, cause I had to be here at 8am, but <laughs> I'm always someone that like, I just think that lashes in general are like such a staple piece to a look, like whether it's everyday look or you're going out. So I've always been like super passionate about that. Um, but I think that in general, just the whole thing behind launching something else was through like COVID. I realized too, like as a hairdresser, I'm sure you've had this moment where you're like, how long can I physically work like this? Like, and, and I, I have a bad neck as well. So I was going through, um, last year, a bunch of appointments with doctors, neurologists, they're trying to figure it out. I could barely move my arms. I had tendonitis in my elbows all the way down to my pinkies. They were numb. It was, it was really scary. So even with like thinking of disability insurance, I was 25, 26 at the time. And I'm like, I don't even have like a financial advisor yet. Like what, what am I going to do with myself if I can't work? Like, this is terrifying. Like, and then I realized like my business is everything to me, but I don't have anything in place to like have it making me money while I'm not at work. And I just was like, okay, thinking of, I went to a Rachel Hollis conference and that was last year, the rise conference, which is amazing. But she said like, your business is only like going to scale when you have like products. It's really the only time or you can sell something like online education or whatnot. So that's when I was just like, Hmm, like your business if you can't have your business like pick up, if you like passed away and have someone pick up and like do exactly what you do, you don't have a scalable business that's going to function for you down the road. So I was just like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like, this is kind of scary. So I just started like thinking and thinking, but in my head, I never felt good enough about myself to have the confidence in it. And just, I didn't think that I was like smart enough to be able to pull together a product to create something for my brand. So I, I'm launching my, it's called Kalon Extensions. So still the same name behind it. 
Um, but they, there's five of them that are coming out next month. Um, so yeah, they'll be available. They come out in like a kit. So there's, there's five different lashes, ones for like every day. And then they go to like really bold because some people like that. (laughs) Um, they also come with an applicator and they come with this, it's, it's a glue that's called magic eyeliner. So it's not a glue and it's not magnetic. So all this comes together. Um, mink eyelashes also you can use like anywhere from 15 to like 25 times per lash. So like I was going to Sally's all the time, just like buying lashes, throwing them away. But then I was like, why don't I just like kind of create and find something that you don't have to do that. Cause I was the one like putting on tons of mascara just to blend these lashes to make them bold. So these, you don't have to do that. They're mink fur, which look really soft and they also are cut at like different lengths. So they look really natural. Um, I actually had some on at a wedding (laughs) two weekends ago and my boyfriend looked at me and he's like, do you have your lashes on? And I was like, you didn't even know. He's like, oh my God, am I in the dog house for this? No. Oh my God. I love that he even noticed though. That's pretty yeah, cool. Like, well, they, they look really good. <laughs> and I was just like, well, this is a compliment because I have like these big lashes on and he didn't even know that they're fake. So they must be good. I can't wait to get my hands on them because I get that. I get the extensions put on, but sometimes like today I'm like a week in between. Right. So they're good, but it was, I, I love like if I'm going out to put a set on top of them and like really. Yeah. Yeah. And these are so awesome because I used to have lash extensions too, like the actual, I'd go in for my fills and everything. And my eyes were allergic to them, but they also were falling out so much. And I'm someone I'm a, I'm a bold eye girl. Like that's just who I am. So I never could put a lash strip on because the glue would make your lashes come off more. So this is really nice because it's an eyeliner. So a lot of people that struggle with putting glue on like the, the glue, um, on the actual lash. Yes. (laughs) This you put on your skin and the ingredients are actually safer and more clean because people are like, that's scary with putting that on your face, but I love it. It's so easy. And that comes as a kit. So you don't have to go to the store and be like, I need glue. I need this. I need that. Like it all comes together. So they retail for $35 and you can use them up to 20 times, which is great. Yeah. Because a regular sets at least six to seven dollars and then those are just the little shitty ones that you have to throw away right yeah what a great how cool and i that's what i'm loving about like all these covid stories and the pandemic is it forced a lot of people who were not uh stepping into what they were wanting to do all the scary stuff like so many cool things have been created uh out of this downtime and that is like the main reason why uh that's my why you you explained my why earlier the the ability to um, have a business that if I didn't operate the service, it would still exist. And so by creating the coaching co- like business and the beauty inspires beauty, like, yes, it does take me to run it, but I'm putting a team in place to like support me so that I can step away. Cause right now this, you're trading time for money when you're behind the chair. So, which is great. It's a great service to be able to provide. Right. But you're not taught in beauty school, how to be a business person. You're not taught what it even means to scale a business. You're not taught how to do any of it. This is like a foreign language. So unless you went to business school, you don't know any of this stuff. So by trial and error, this is where we're at. And it's it's kind of interesting to me. And I would never speak negatively about any other coaches in our industry. But 
when you're talking to a behind the chair stylist about scaling their business, I'm like, that's not the right word. Scaling a business, yes, to grow and to create more income, that 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 resonates and makes sense. But when you tell me scale, a true meaning of scaling a business is like double, triple growing. Like, I guess, do you know what I'm saying? So I guess you can use that term if you want, if you're going from like, you know, starting out and wanting to implement all the things and now you're hitting six figures and beyond. But a scalable business to me is something that, you know, can produce like the lash company that you're creating, like the salon that you've built that you can walk away from and have something to actually sell. That's, that's something that you can grow and scale. Um, so what is your plan and vision for the salon that's in, um, Wisconsin? Um, well, COVID, you know, <laughs> Oh, you and I live the same thing. Cause you know, I opened my salon in October, so I've barely been open a year as well. So same. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So I don't, when I was like planning all of this with moving to like Arizona, I was going to like move to Arizona a hundred percent. Um, but then my family got hit like with my mom had a double mastectomy hysterectomy this year. Um, like we were still in the pandemic. I planned all of this during the pandemic. And then I was thinking like October, cool. We're going to be out of this. Life's going to be back to normal. And here we are. And like right now, Wisconsin's probably one of the worst States in the nation. So we're back to 25% and God only knows, like we've been having like 4,000 cases a day. So they say, so I don't know. Um, but then I was living in this, like, scarcity mindset because of closing and all, all the things and things have been so good since we've been back to work. And I still been flying back and forth and the salon that I'm at in Arizona, they're just like, you know, Shauna, like take your time on like figuring out what you need to do. Like there's no rush. So it really like gave me a peace of mind to be like, I can still make this work with flying back and forth, maintaining my extension clients and my clientele. I connected with a couple girls on Instagram that do the same thing as me just for reassurance. Like, cause no one's doing this here. I mean, I don't know anyone. Like there's only a handful of people that I know that work in two different States. And I was just like, okay, like I can breathe. I can still do this. So from my first plan, I just think like, I just had a shift. I had to shift my mindset. I had to shift on everything that I was planning on doing and just be like, okay, I'm going to take a step back and just let this all naturally like work out. Cause I don't want to live in that like place of fear. Cause it was really making me angry and upset. And like, I was working so many hours. Cause I'm like, I have to get all these people in because I'm leaving to like, I have a successful business here to go there to not have anything and I need to save up money. And it was just making me crazy. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to stay here, keep building there while I can like save away money, live both lives. That's great. I have my chair renters in here, um, probably up until my lease is up, which is in August. And then I'm going to kind of look at where I'm at and be like, where do I want to be? Like, how's this grown? where do I see myself kind of thing? And then I'll either probably go one way or another. Cause I mean, maybe I'd give myself another like year, but I, I, you also like, I can't do that forever. Like I don't have a family or anything right now. So that is okay for me. And I, I live by like, I, everyone's like, you're such a gypsy, like with travel, but that's just because I can right now. So I hope that as I like get older, (laughs) that's probably not going to be 
how my life will be. And if it is great. And if not, then that's okay too. At least I did it, but it was really shifting also around being embarrassed. Um, because I like told people, this is what I'm doing. And then I didn't fulfill that to myself. So again, it wasn't even other people judging me. I was judging myself because I was so afraid of being like, oh yeah, you know, she said she's going to do it and she did it. So now I'm just like, you know what? Nope. I'm shifting and I need to still make this work and it is, and it's great. And I have like everything that I need for it. So I'm just going with the flow. (laughs) I love it. Like limiting the expectations. Like I said earlier, I think we put like, but that's so bold of you to even say out loud in front of people that you care about what your goals and plans are. And the fact that like you feel embarrassed that you didn't do that, that's normal. And I get that. But I also feel like it's, it's you being able to hold yourself to such a high standard that you want to accomplish said goals. It's, it's a little bit that you're embarrassed, but it's also more of like, I really wanted this for myself. Yes. You're probably feeling it towards how they're thinking of you, but in all honesty, do you really give a fuck what they think if you did or didn't do it? Right. Probably not. No, I'm always someone that like the validation from others for some reason is so important to me. And I don't know if that's like an underlying child thing, you know, but I'm, I'm learning now that no, it doesn't matter because once you like give that power of like letting, letting yourself feel that, it just takes away from everything. But that's where like now even starting out, like I've been talking about that a lot lately, which like got me on another podcast, which is probably how we connected. But I had so many people reach out and they're just like, this is why I love like who you are, because you will talk about the shit of like things not working out and it's okay. And you like allow people to feel human where there's just all these people just like not being authentic and throwing things out there and being like, it worked, it worked the first time. And it's like, no, it doesn't, but no one wants to share like their failures at all. And I think for me, it's just realizing like, I'm not failing. Like I've been going, I've been building up another business across the country during a pandemic And like now I, you know, have so many other friends and get to do classes across the country that I would never get here. So I just have to take like the good parts of like what I'm actually going through and break it down in my mind every day and just kind of like have some grace, like hold grace for myself because otherwise you lose your mind. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That's so true. And that's why like, you know, um, journaling for me was always difficult before because it's like almost... I always wanted to keep it in a, like a gratitude journal. So I used like a prompt one for the longest time. And it had like little starter prompts to get you to start writing positive things down. But now like it's, it's so ingrained in me. I don't even need my journal anymore. I like wake up in the morning. I say all the things I'm grateful for toot my own horn and then get on Instagram and share when I fuck up or when things are bad or when things aren't working out, because yeah, who doesn't want to be around someone who's more relatable? Like we all know that this is a tough industry to be in and I've trained myself in the last few weeks to stop saying that things are hard. Things are challenging and they're more challenging now than they've ever been for us, but there's so much more opportunity for those that want it. And so for those that aren't interested, there's still a beautiful behind the chair business there for anybody who wants to step in and take that. But there's also all of these amazing other things for people like you and I, and probably tons of people who are listening to my podcast, because if you vibe with what I'm saying, you're probably more like Shauna and I, and you want to do big things. You want to get your hands into other aspects of the industry, whatever that might look like. And I think like we were talking about earlier, 
if anything she's talking about is like resonating with you and have questions, like she is so open to like share and talk about her journey. And if I could go back to my 27, 28 year old self, like where you're at now, like pre having my son, because I didn't have him till I was, I think I got pregnant when I was 29. I had him when I was 30. And I started early, like you too, like 19, 20 years old in the industry. And there was a couple opportunities that I look back and wish I would have taken to go work in different places and to travel. And, you know, my salon that I had started at had a salon in Vegas and they wanted me to go back and forth. I think Vegas scared me. I think, I think God was like, yeah, I don't think you need to go to Vegas. That might ruin your whole life. But like opportunities to be able to travel and to say yes to things. It's like, that's how you grow as a human. But also um, that's make, what makes you a really amazing stylist is to be able to be relatable to your clients. And let's be honest, you don't have to be the best hairdresser or the most you know trained technical person. But if you can have legit like connection with your clients that they're lifelong. I have clients that have been with me for almost 20 years. Like it's why I, I knew them before they met their husband and their second husband, their fourth baby. And it's like, oh so much. they're divorced. Like all the things. So funny that you say that I was just talking to a client the other day and I don't know if you're like this, but they're like, Oh my God, there's been so many times. Like I went back to college even while having a business for business. Cause I was like, you know what? sales. I'm going to be in sales because when you're a hairdresser, you are literally talking and living vicariously through every single person that sits in your chair. So you're hearing about them being in their car all day and they get to have lunch meetings. And you're just like, well, shit, like I've been standing here all day long. Like you're out and about living life, enjoying the sunshine. Like I'm doing this. But the problem with that for me is like, I literally put myself in like their shoes, but I'm hearing all these stories. They're talking the same thing every day. So like we live vicariously through like how many careers, how many relationships, like you put yourself in that spot, but like there isn't many careers that do that. So I think that's one thing that makes me like step out of the box when I'm like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? It's like, cause you're hearing, oh yeah, this person makes, you know, $600,000 a year and they get to work from home. I want to do that. But really you don't, you're just talking to people about it. So you're just like, always your mind's always like going with like, where can I go to the next thing? But I just like, even if you're in hair school, like anything being able to say that I think is just so powerful because there are not a lot of careers like that. Mm -mm. No, there's not. I I would say there's nothing like what we do. Um, (laughs) The ability to be able to make somebody feel so good when they leave and from the inside and the outside. Right. And to just build that trust and loyalty. It's unlike any other thing. And that's why when I thought about what the second half of my life was going to look like as far as career wise, uh, I thought I was going to get away from the beauty industry. I thought I would create something else, do something else. My mom's in real estate. Like I thought, you know, what else am I good at? I, I don't want my body to break down before I make a decision on what I want to do. And because I have a clientele of 20 years, does it, I don't have anything to sell or scale or, you know, you can't sell a clientele. So, you know, forcing myself to open the salon to experience that. So I could then help and coach other salon owners down the road. Like it's just part of the journey, but I, I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have had all those um, beliefs poured into me if it wasn't for my clients and I's conversation, people telling you things that you've helped them with or conversations. And it's like, I had one client tell me, 
um, that she told her sister, oh yeah, when you go to see Jessica, it's so much more than just your hair. Like you get life lessons, you get to talk about nutrition and fitness. And I was like, oh, like how, when you were listening to me edify you in the beginning, I was like, I do do all that. Like it was so cool. And I think we don't give ourselves that credit as to like how, like much we help other people. And I think like you were saying, as much as we live through them, they vicariously live through us. I have a lot of clients that they want to see what you're wearing. They want to see how you're doing your makeup. Oh, you have extensions. I want extensions. Oh, you cut a bob. Oh, that must be what I should do. Like we're so much uh, a part of their life as they are ours. And, um, I've, I've said so many times to people who are thinking about adding other things into their business is you have a clientele base, ask them what other services or things you could provide for them that they would buy from you or use. Like that's how I ran a personal training business through the clients that I had. They, they would see me like if I would get in shape or if I was competing or something, Oh, I want to train with you. So I literally took the same clientele here and, and use it over here. And now you have a product to sell to a whole clientele, your whole salon, all of the salon in Arizona. Like it's so smart. Um, but yeah, I think the mindset portion of it is something that everybody has to work on on a daily basis. Are there things that you do on the regular to like get your mind right? I know you were talking about embodiment work, but is there like practices that you do or? I mean, there's like, I'm, I'm someone that kind of struggles a little bit with like meditating. Like I, I, I will listen to that. It's just really hard for me, but I, um, like it's a practice. You got to do it every day. So I, I do that. Um, but I'm just big on like self-care. Like I go and work out. I have to do that because Mm -hmm. if I don't, I am like just feeling yucky. Like I just don't like doing that, but I take time. Like, even if it's me, like this morning, I felt like I was all over the place. Cause I had to get up. I had to be out of the house by seven 30 and I'm someone like, I like to like get up drink a cup of coffee, listen to a podcast. I make eggs every day. <laughs> so I'm just someone like, I like to be more like in sync with getting into like that mindset instead of just like hopping up your stress out. Cause you have to leave the house. I just feel like nothing good comes from that right away. So I just have to put myself like in things before I start my day. Um, and it's just really routine. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Morning rituals and routines are like my literally, you got, you know, I post about my non-negotiable shit all the time. Like, I don't know if I want to go to the gym, but I know that that's like my little mind, physical body reset. And like, when I'm listening to music, I've said all the time, those are when I meditate in my, in my mind. Um, and then getting into breath work has really helped get me out of my own head, which breath work is intense. And I'm actually, I have the the couple that d- does my breath work sessions on for a podcast later this evening. And it's, it's hard work. Um, I will use the word there because it is hard. It is hard to, it is easy to take care of everything around you, to take care of your clients, to work on your business, to not go inward. But when, like Shauna was saying earlier, when you feel triggered by shit that's on social media, when you feel triggered to not show up, why am I not posting? Why am I not putting my work out there? Why am I not trying to do something bigger and better to further along my career? Um, it's often because we don't feel worthy. And I, I hope that you heard me when I read back all of the accomplishments that you've done in such a young age. Like you should be so proud of yourself. And I feel like a mama bear when I talk to a lot of people because I am so much older, but like I look back and I'm like, really, you know, you can accomplish anything that you want in this industry. And it is just, it is just there for the taking. And it is those that will step up through that fear 
or that unworthiness or that comparison that will will stand out. And you really stand out, Shauna. I feel like you have such a beautiful career ahead of you and look what you've already accomplished. Um, so how can people follow you if they want to be as obsessed with you as I am? Where are you? <laughs> social media, right? You're in yeah, social media. Um, my hair page is Shauna and Right Hair. Um, and then I also have like Facebook and all the things, but okay. that's usually like if people want to reach out or DM, which I have a, a lot of, and I, I love that. Just send me a message. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't mind at all. Like I'm not one of those people that is going to like hold back anything, any like tips or I, I don't have it all figured out though, either. Like, I think that's what people ask, like, how do you do this? And to me, I'm like, Oh God, I'm not like, I'm a hot mess, but like, I'll tell, I'll tell people like, maybe this is like where you need to start, or this is what I did. And this didn't work for me. Or I don't know. I think it's more of, so a lot of what you want to do in general with your career is already like inside of your gut. Like, you know, exactly what you want to do. It's just trusting yourself enough to do it. And I think that we just let people persuade us because we're so scared of what people think. Like, stop doing that. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Like I'm, that's me. I'm like, okay, I'm just chucking this out here and I'm doing it. And then usually the times, even when I have vulnerable posts on Instagram, I'm the one that throws my phone across the room. I'm like, Oh my God. That's so, that's so brave though. And I think being brave in, in 2020 is like the, the motto right now, like show up as your most authentic self, because trying to be anything other than yourself is just exhausting. So like you said, I do really believe that whatever's on your heart, like, if you have that little voice inside of you, that's probably now yelling at you to come out and do the things like you have to listen to her. And I'm so proud of you for everything you've accomplished so far. And I'm so grateful that you had time to do the podcast and I can't wait to come to Arizona and visit you. I yes, think we'll have to do a live in person one for sure. Um, so thank you for your time. And we'll have to do a, a roundabout after we all work through this COVID madness. And I pray that you don't have to close again. Yeah, I know. Well, and if I do, I'll just... <laughs> yeah, we'll just work on other things, right? Yes. Thank you, Shauna. We will talk to you.